0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Friday, September 18th, and we are rolling into week two of the NFL season. Coming off a heater in week one for this Pick's Podcast, which is what we're about to go into. Got scorching hot. Our parlay hit Rams, Packers, and Cardinals. And in fact, we told you to sprinkle on the money line. It would have paid you 12 to 1. Naturally, I didn't play it myself, which is probably why it won, so uh, I'll abstain this week as well. Yes, I'm a moron. Uh, joining me, you can watch us if you want to see, uh, what do we call it, tan and White, uh, Pete Prisco, R.J. White, and Kenny White, the uh, the White brothers and Pete. Uh, we, you can watch us on YouTube.com, yeah, YouTube at YouTube.com slash Pick6, available on all devices unlike some other streaming services who will not be mentioned I'm not upset about being able to watch golf or anything like that. Uh, standings after week one, we didn't have anything official from Kenny. We'll go back and find it. He did very well, um, especially in the afternoon games. So I would four and oh, Pete four and one, and RJ six and two, including four and one on his picks on SportsLine.com. Go to SportsLine.com, use promo code White, and you can get your first month for a dollar and uh, bonus. If you sign up with SportsLine, you also get a free CBS All Access uh, account. You can watch NFL games on that. You can watch your local games on that.
1: On fire! We were on fire last week. On You're fire! Like, That's right. You know that ain't <laughs> lasting. How you guys doing? Maybe it will. <laughs> RJ on fire on Sportsline by his picks.
2: I have confidence we're going to keep keep it going. I we, do. We all too. Have a good I, actually, I love this week. Yeah, we have a good handle on the season. I don't. I didn't. I typically love week two a lot more, um, than I did this year. Typically you can find these overreactions where there's a bu- a big swing. And I think that it really only happened in one game and the rest of them were kind of mediocre swings. So I, 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 you know, I had a little trouble navigating the board, but I still came up with some bets I like. By the oh, way, Kenny, are you sipping something out of a
0: Moscow mule cup? That it really
3: is. is. What, a, what a It's cool. water. It's oh, water. I, I, I'm not suggesting it's a mule. I just like no, no, it. No, no, it keeps the water colder.
1: Yeah, for sure. No, I love a mule cup. A nice club. It's not, it's not five o'clock yet in Vegas, but then that doesn't matter anyway. It's close.
3: (laughs) Always five
0: o'clock in Vegas. Uh, By the way, Pete and I both went nine, six, and one against the spread, uh, for the full week. I believe that puts us, yeah, that's, uh, significantly ahead of Jamie, uh, no, excuse me, John Breach, who went five, 10 and one. That's not very good. Uh, everybody was about, everybody else was about 500. Ryan Wilson, 11, four and one. I actually would have changed my two Monday night picks. I did that in my picks in our picks pool, mainly because I felt like once we got to Monday, the lesson we had learned from Sunday is that if you have an experienced defensive line against an inexperienced or weakened offensive line, you really need to try to exploit that matchup in the early going in 2020. So let's dive into these games and see if anything is exploitable, beginning with the highest total on the board this week, I believe. It is the Cowboys. And the Falcons. Falcons at Dallas Cowboys minus four and a half. The over under has moved up to fifty three. I think it's opened at like fifty. Pete, is there yeah. any number that Vegas can hang here that that you think will go under?
1: Yeah, if it goes up a couple more points, it might. But there's going to be a lot of scoring in this game. I I, I think when you look at what the Falcons did last week against Russell Wilson, he carved them to the shreds. And look, the Rams move the ball and, and consistently move the ball on the Cowboys. I think you'll see that with the Falcons as well. Remember the Falcons threw for 400 yards and much of it was garbage time. Don't get me wrong, but all three receivers had a boatload of catches uh, and yards. I think they'll be in play here against the secondary that I don't think is all that good in in, in Dallas. So if you're going to give me, make me pick this game, I'm I'm not making me. I love the over in this game, but I also like the Falcons. I think the Fal- this is a field goal game. As two teams that need a win, and if you're gonna, in that scenario, I'm gonna take more than a field goal, I'll take the Falcons in the four and a half too. I like both plays.
2: Yeah, I'm completely in line with, uh, Pete here, though I didn't make them best bets. I'm just a lean on the over and a lean on the Falcons because I can see both arguments on both sides of the spread. I mean, it was six and a half on the look ahead. So if you like the Cowboys, you're getting a discount now at four and a half, Uh, but Atlanta prepped to face Seattle last week and they ended up facing Kansas City with that passing offense. So (laughs) it's
1: amazing.
2: (laughs) So I I don't know, you know, how they were supposed to deal with that, you know, and and obviously didn't make adjustments, but you know, Atlanta isn't going over four on fourth down in very many games. You know, that game could have been much closer if not for those fumbling the fake pine after he caught the first down and uh, these short fourth downs that he didn't convert so dallas injuries have me leaning atlanta but you know falcons don't have the horses on the defensive line to exploit the injuries we see on the dallas off offensive line so like the over a little bit more in the spread but i would take atlanta especially with the backdoor potential on this cowboy secondary
3: yeah i'm in uh step with you guys i i like atlanta in this spot uh Again, RJ, you mentioned last week the, the struggles they had with some fourth downs and turnovers. Other than that, they win that football game. Dallas watched them last week versus the Rams. The injuries, I think, are mounting up. Uh, Collins being out on the offensive line, I think, hurt, but this offense is still going to put up points. But defensively now, without Sean Lee, Banderesh now out, uh, they got some other injuries. I know their uh, they're best nickelback, Lewis, is out. Um, they, they just didn't look like they were that great of a defense against the Ram team who... I'm not impressed with their offense yet, and I think that they're going to be very conservative, the Rams. Atlanta, I, I feel opposite. Matt Ryan's um, got plenty of targets, plenty of weapons, and I think Atlanta can put up points, and they will against Dallas, and Dak Prescott will answer back. It'll be a 31-30 football game.
0: Yeah, I, I love the over here. It has climbed a little bit more than you would like. I mean, 50 would be better. The one here's Here's the reason you shouldn't be worried about the Falcons slowing down the Cowboys. Raheem Morris came out after the game and said they, they weren't prepared for the Seahawks to pass, which I mean, I guess we weren't either, but you know, we're not defensive coordinators in the NFL. So maybe, uh, maybe consider a different possible game script, like that the team is going to operate on offense, uh, to the best of their ability. That's not a good look
2: for Raheem Morris there, you know? Yeah, but I mean, what is he supposed to do? Well, we have like years and years of data on Seattle that they're going to grind the ball out and they're not going to let Russ cook and everybody's been complaining. So, I mean, he has every right to think that it's going to be one of those type of games. So when Russ is going 31 for 35 and hitting everybody but DK Metcalf 100% of the time, I mean, what else are you going to do? You just don't expect it. Yeah, I mean the, don't bad tell news is,
1: is, the bad news is is Pete's already talking about they need to run the ball more. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, well, well we'll
0: get to Seattle again. I would expect that we see a different Seattle offense in in week two. That was sort of like a, hey, we know how to let Russ Cook situation. But uh I would say that the uh the I like the over here too, but I don't know, I don't I I like the Cowboys more than the Falcons. So I don't know that we have a consensus here unless everybody likes the over.
1: Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm an I, over.
0: Not a best bet, but best I like bet. it. All right, so yeah. throw it in the parlay or not?
3: Does Kenny like the over two? Yeah, I like the over two, yeah. I agree with you on the secondaries. Both secondaries, I think, are average, average secondaries. But
0: right. in the parlay, the running parlay that Debo will keep in this document, so I won't screw it up by the end of the show. Uh, Rams at the Eagles. The Eagles lost to the Washington football team, WT, or WFT, I should say. Uh, the, uh, the, the WFT defensive line took over. Carson Wentz, I thought it was a highlight montage of Carson Wentz getting blitzkrieg. He was just on his back or getting smashed. Every time I looked up at my television, uh, the, the Rams are a pick here, so the game is a pick and the over-under is 45-and-a-half. I know all three of you have a best bet here, but, Pete, uh, tell me what you like.
1: My best bet is the Eagles, and I think it's the lock of the week. This is the perfect overreaction to what happened last week. The Rams, everybody saw them. They beat America's team. Oh, look, the Rams are great. Now they got to go across the country and play the Eagles team who lost to a Washington team after leading 17 nothing. I went back and rewatched that game. Carson Wentz held the ball too long. He took about a field goal range on one sack. The line wasn't great but it wasn't nearly as bad as that sack number he has to get rid of the football I think he'll do a better job of that Lane Johnson's supposed to be back Miles Sanders will be back and I think they held those guys they held Miles Sanders back there's some scuttlebutt they held him back because they didn't think they'd need him in that game
0: which was a mistake
1: uh and they ended up losing the game this time around look I know Donald's going to get his but you double him the rest of that pass rush is average at best And I think they'll be able to make some uh, throws down the field in this game. He missed a few throws, too. He was wild high and inaccurate in the second half. He rebounds. I love the Eagles in
2: this spot. Yeah, I was talking about the overreaction lines. This was the big one. It was three and a half on the look ahead. Eagles moved all the way to Rams plus one when, once it, you know, reopened and people started steaming the Rams. Um, but Philly struggled due to injuries last week and that's not, they're not going to be that team moving forward. They'll be able to block better, especially when they're playing lines that aren't as good as Washington. And I know that, that the Rams have Aaron Donald, but like Pete said, you know, they don't have a complete pass rush there. So Philly actually did great defensively despite the loss. I know they gave up 27 points, but they had the lowest yardage allowed in the league. So a lot of that was taking those sacks, getting in bad field position, turning the ball over and letting Washington score easy points. So I think the Rams could still dominate a little bit on the offensive line, but that Philly is going to keep him in this game. Philly deserves to be favored here to me. Don't re- overreact to week one. Eagles are also a best bet for me.
3: I'm going to be opposite on this one. So we got a little bit opposite. I, I, I made the Rams a three-point favorite in the game. I'm not giving any home field and to me it doesn't matter. I don't, I don't care if they have to fly from here to Australia. They're professional <laughs> players and, and they're ready. Those, those type of things hurt Bad teams, then they don't. Then they hurt good teams. I'm down on Philadelphia's defense. I have Philadelphia's defense rated below average in the NFL. Um, I'm also uh, hoping that. They've got three defensive linemen. They're all questionable for this game. They're three of their four starters are questionable, may not play. They're supposed to get Lane Johnson back, but how healthy is he? This offensive line has gone through so much turmoil. Um, I think they miss Brooks greatly on the offensive line. And without Brooks and Johnson last week, it really showed up that uh, they can be beaten inside. And you still no Alshon Jeffrey. Um the Rams, I think, are just well-coached. I like Malcolm Brown at running back. Uh, I, I think their defensive front's fine. I like Brockers. I like Robinson. And Donald can line up anywhere now. So um, I've, I've got a small play in it. It is one of my plays because I've got a three-point difference. Um, I just think Philadelphia is still beat up. I still think they're injury-prone. And uh, um, their guys, could, they could have more guys out. If they have, they're missing one or two guys on the defensive front, I'm making it four, four-and-a-half. So let me ask you this.
0: A lot of times we talk about overreactions. Is, is this the overreaction game? you guys or is it because i mean i think that like in a normal season you can be like all right everybody's going to be on the rams here because they saw the rams it looks like the rams are back the rams are good the eagles are trash they lost to a bad team but it's a there's an opportunity to sort of you know go the zig when everybody's zagging that all that usually works out pretty well for you when you bet on the nfl is it is there less of an opportunity
3: for that in the in the 20 in 2020 with no, I think there is. Let me jump in real quick. Yeah. I'm going to say, yeah, there was an overreaction to this. I would love to be taking three and a half or I'd love to be taking three. I'd have a tremendous bet on my end at that point, but I'm I'm not. And, and professionals did take the three. They took the two and a half. They took the, they bet it down to pick. They laid pick. Professionals were laying pick on, on the Rams on Sunday night because they felt like they were the better football team. So, um, yeah, there was an overreaction here. Um, but I, I think the line is, you know, right where it's supposed to be. I don't think you're going to see the Eagles one-and-a-half or two-and-a-half come game time. I think you got a better opportunity maybe seeing the Rams a favorite if some of these Eagle players aren't going to play.
2: So, Kenny, let me ask you something real quick. You said you have the Rams as three points better. I think the prevailing thought coming into the season was that the Eagles and Rams were pretty close to the same team. They were eight-and-a-half, nine-win teams on the win total market somewhere <laughs> around there. Uh, so what what's your opinion there? Are the Rams better than people thought or are the Eagles much worse?
3: Um, that's a good question. I, I'm probably right now with both teams about a couple points above average. So so it sounds
2: like, sounds like if the Rams are three points better than, I mean, they could be a really good contender based on what you saw in week one.
3: Yeah. I, I'm all the San Francisco. I've still got rated very high in Seattle. I have uh, upgraded their rating after week one. They, you know, Russell Wilson, just tremendous. So um, I thought Seattle's defense was way down. Um, we'll find out in the next coming weeks, but that's one thing I thought they were weak. We'll find out where my ratings at on Philadelphia. Like I said, I have them uh, one point below an average NFL defense. And if they're missing guys, we'll, we'll, it should, should show up a little bit this week.
2: I was and just trying to lead you. Those- Lead you there because I was high on the Rams to win the division. So Kenny, uh, you,
3: you, you live in Vegas,
1: and RJ's been around it all. You know those touts. I got my
4: lock of the year, my lock of the year. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, this is my lock of this week right here, the <laughs> Eagles.
0: Um, all right, I will probably take the Eagles now, but I, I don't. I think it's gonna be a close game. The 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 Donald just takes over the game and destroys. Like Lane Johnson's gonna have to play. I really think the Eagles tend to go, and Carson Wentz tends to go as Lane Johnson goes. Like If he's not there, he, they struggle bad, and he struggles bad. And if, they, if he's got Lane Johnson there protecting him, for whatever reason, he is a substantially better quarterback. Jason so, Peters
1: looked like an old man last week, by the way. He is an old man. Yeah, but he looked like it. He hadn't looked like that. He looked bad. What's your,
0: uh, what's your saying, Pete, for old
1: people? Spinning top. Oh, no, I give out a spinning top award every week to the offensive lineman. Woo! Spinning top. He didn't win it, though.
2: He was, one of, he was one of the leaders in pressures allowed with your boy uh Bobby Hart that I know you like. Bobby
1: Hart's Bobby <laughs> Hart's an all time spinning top. Bobby Hart's
2: me? the spinning top Mount Rushmore.
1: No, Donovan Smith was the winner last week. Ah, Trey Hendrickson abused him, and he's not that good.
0: That is a good choice. All right, moving along. Let's go to Chiefs and Chargers. We have multiple best bets on this game. Chiefs minus eight and a half at the Chargers. The over under was fifty. Opened up at like 50 or 50 and a half, has dropped all the way down to 47 and a half. Kenny, let me ask you, what are you looking at when you see Chiefs and
3: Chargers? I'm looking at the Chiefs coming off a Super Bowl win, uh, win to start the season, and Monday night football against the Baltimore Ravens next week. So I'm expecting this This is a, a, a game, you know, and Annie Reid's numbers are off the charts. He's, what is he, 25 and 2 versus... Division opponents and it's yada yada yada, extra time to prepare all the advantages, but these guys are professional players. They want a Super Bowl. That's the, those numbers betting against Super Bowl teams are always very profitable in the NFL. And I love it that they play Baltimore next on a Monday night. I think they're going to be thinking about that, looking ahead to that. Um, Chargers will come in very conservative. They're going to slow it down. They're going to try to grind it out on the ground. They're going to try to keep Mahomes off the field. Yeah, probably won't be able to do that with great luck, but you know what? Tyrod, Terrell, Tyrod uh, Taylor will take care of the ball. We'll turn it over. He'll just keep his game, team in the game. This is very solid defense on the Charger side. So, uh, I, I think they have the better defense. I've got the team with the better defense getting points. I'll take it all day long. Yeah, obviously, quarterback situation. There's no comparison. I got a nine-point difference, Mahomes over Taylor, but that defense uh, should be able to make some plays this week for the Chargers.
2: And Pouncey goes on the uh, the IR on uh, Thursday, so you gotta gotta worry about that offensive line too. We saw it was shaky in the in Week One, and uh, that was an issue. So it's interesting that the under is you know the under is um you know steaming pretty hard toward the under and the line isn't moving. And I think the only reason betters would do that is that they do not believe in this Chargers offense. They saw what they saw with Cincinnati and didn't love them at all. So I think the line's a little too high. I think there is value on the Chargers, but I have no interest in fading the Chiefs, so I'm just going to stay away from this one with just a lean on the Chargers.
1: You guys know how much I love Patrick Mahomes, right, Princeton, since I found him? You did. Kidding, kidding.
0: You didn't find Patrick Mahomes, but I will say that you were one of the few people who actually stood up on the soapbox and said he's going to be the best quarterback in the draft class.
1: Yeah, I, I as much as I love Patrick Ryan Mahomes... Hayes should have
0: hired you as a... As a well, as a yeah, coach. he wouldn't
1: have Mitch Trubisky because I would have never drafted him. But it, as much as I love Patrick Mahomes, I don't like this spot. And I'll tell you why. The Chargers played him pretty well last night. Now, he threw touchdown passes, but if you look at his yardage numbers, they were way down by his standards in those two games last year. And one of the reasons is, and I went back and watched both those games last year leading into the Super Bowl because the Forty ers played the same type of defense they make him be patient. He doesn't like to be patient. Now it's different. They have this running game that they love so much. But again, if you're the Chiefs and you're going to run the rookie uh edwards Hilaire, and you're not going to allow Mahomes to be Mahomes, then I'll take that all day if I'm a defense. You you can you want to run want to watch him run for 120 yards? Have at it because that makes me Uh, a happy defensive coordinator because I don't have to defend that quarterback as much. So I do think the Chargers have played him well the way they play defense. They make, make him be patient, and he doesn't like it, and he's turned the ball over against him at times. I think this is one of those scenarios where they make him be patient. They keep it within the number. I like the Chargers plus the points.
0: So I said, and this is why you need to subscribe to the Pick 6 Podcast YouTube, because on Sunday night when we recorded it, I said, hey, Bet this Chiefs Chargers under. This game, is it's at 50. It is way too high. You would have three points of closing line value, CLV if you prefer. And the reason why I still like the under at 47.5, and, and it's one of my best bets, is that if you look at what Andy Reid is doing this year, I think he and Bill Belichick, who, for my money, are the two best coaches, the two smartest coaches in the NFL currently, uh, and two of the ten greatest coaches of all time, they realize that in this shortened off season with this weird setup, it is beneficial for your team to come in and be more simple on offense in what you want to do in the first few weeks. Look at Patrick Mahomes' uh, th- like next-gen stat passing chart. He attempted one pass more than 20 yards down the field. His average depth of target was like five point nine yards. It's the lowest in his career. Andy Reid didn't take any shots. He now, sure, did he? Did he play chess all over Bill O'Brien and his coaching staff? Absolutely. While they're like diddling around with checkers and whatnot. I mean, they they were backing up trying to prevent the deep pass. I don't know that the Chargers will do the same thing, but. The one way to beat the Chargers is not to pass all over them because you put your quarterback in a dangerous spot because they have great pass rushers. They are, however, susceptible to the run. They have been for the past few years. They don't have Derwin James. And I think that they will pound Clyde over to Lair. And I think the Chargers, as you guys point out, will be more than willing to play this slow ball game. I think this game finishes under 40 points. And we see one of the slowest games of the of the year and the under is a mortal lock. I would slam it at 47 and a half. And I think you should take the first half under as well, just in the event that the Chiefs don't, you know, like, I think that's a good option as well because the Chiefs may come out and try and start throwing in the second half if they can't score easily in the run game against the Chargers. Makes sense.
3: Or later parlay.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh I, I can't get back to Chargers. I'm not, I think the three, I don't think you can fade the, in my opinion, the Chargers, I mean, the Chiefs, the Ravens and the Saints, Right now, I just don't did, think you could do it.
3: Did somebody on this show talk about um Andy Reid when he's an eight and a half point favorite or more? He was twenty-two and one to the under last. And he, no,
0: but that's uh, he didn't.
3: They didn't go under on Thursday night. That was the, the talk about Thursday night against Houston that ended up going over the late field goal. But it went under the under the opening number. So Andy, Andy was Andy was desperate to get that over too, man. He wasn't going to let. I'll
1: tell you what, if they play. I'm the happiest defensive coordinator in the world if he plays that way the rest of the season and doesn't allow him to sling the ball down the field. That plays right into your. Uh, go ahead, take your take your running game. I'll give I'll give Clyde Edwards Alaire 150 yards every game if he's not slinging it down the field.
0: Well, don't you think that they might come with, um, like I mean, don't you think it's possible that the that the Chargers come with a. Uh, Come with a like a pass oriented defense as well. Like let's yeah, they do. Home. That's what
1: they play. They play they play off and they make them be patient. Yeah, right. this is a perfect scenario for an under.
0: Uh, so looking at that really quickly, since 2013, 17 games where the Chiefs were eight points or more uh, favored by eight and a half points or more. Uh, the last two, one against the Chargers in 2019 and the Texans game went over and only two more of the games went over in those 15. So you're looking at like, uh, what is that? The quick math 11, would be 12, 12, 12, four and one because they, yeah. there was one that was a push. So there is some correlation there on the under. Um, all right, and the I Chargers
3: played the slowest of any team in the NFL last year. 116 plays in their games. They, they take forever. They're not going to gamble with Tyrod Taylor and he's not going to turn it over for short field position for Kansas City.
0: All right. We Love the under. Do you guys like the, you will
1: know, parlay the under? No. I like the under. RJ? I don't, it's not a best bet, but I like it.
2: Uh, playing the under in a Chiefs game. I mean,
1: that's hard. I think I agree. Yeah. Cowards. Plus right, moving along. He's Panthers, not going to, uh, he's not going to not allow him to at least take shots this week. Come on. We know better. He's going to get back to throwing the ball around. It's just, I think the Chargers defend him pretty well.
0: Panthers at the Buccaneers, Bucks minus eight and a half over under 47 and a half. Uh, Tom Brady looked pretty terrible. Kenny. on sunday against the saints fortunately for him as he tries to get this offense unfortunately for him chris godwin is in concussion protocol fortunately for him he might not scotty miller might look like chris godwin against this panthers defense
3: yeah you know this is uh you know i talked about when when brady first went to tampa said i'll probably be fading tampa bay a lot because they're going to be overinflated on the number and uh, they were in week one against the best team in the NFL, only a three-and-a-half-point dog when they should have been getting seven-and-a-half or eight-and-a-half. Uh, uh, I don't like this situation as much because, yeah, Matt Rule, uh, first-year NFL head coach, uh, Joe Brady, first-time coordinator, um, and Teddy Bridgewater, new quarterback. But you know what? That wasn't a problem. They scored 30 points last week. It was the defense. They gave up 34. The defense will give up points again in this football game because the defense is not very good. But I don't like Tampa's pass defense. And I think Bridgewater will have a big day once once again, he'll put up thirty points. And if you if you if you know you're gonna get thirty points and you're getting plus eight and a half I think you got a pretty good shot to win the game unless you give up points in the forties. I just don't think that happens. I, I, I don't, I don't have Tom Brady rated at an elite quarterback anymore. He's 43 years old. He can't make all the passes. He's, he's not in the same offense that he was, was in. Uh, he's making mistakes. You know, he's make, throwing pick sixes. So, um, I'm going to take Carolina in this situation. Just again, I think Tampa Bay is overinflated.
2: Yeah, spread's really high after what Tom Brady looked, you know, in his debut. Teddy is 14 and two against a spread on the road as a starter. So, so he knows how to go on the road and get you the covers. I thought the Tampa Bay defense was solid despite what the core, the scoreboard said. I think they did a pretty good job get, getting put in these bad situations because of Brady. I think that they could help them get a double digit win. So it's only a lean for me for the Panthers. I do like the Panthers, but I'm not going to fire on them. You know, as with most Panthers game, I'm happy taking the over. Um, I don't, I'm not making that a best bet, but cause I think that Bucks defense could show up, but, um, Yeah, I think both those are my leans.
1: Yeah, I I like the over in this game a lot because I think the Carolina defense right now isn't very good. It's going to be. They have a whole bunch of young kids playing on that defense. They're going to be pretty good by the end of the year. They're going to be really good next year. But right now they're not very good. I think their offense can score points. Uh, I like the over in this game. Uh, If I had to lean one way, like in one team or another, I'd probably lean to Tampa Bay just because I think that defense is so bad. Uh, and I think Brady's, you know, got called out by Bruce Arians and we know how that works out. And, and I think he responds to that.
0: Yeah. John Ledyard, friend of the, the pod who, uh, used to work for draft network and then went to, uh, now works for the pewter report down in Tampa Bay said that, that, you know, Tom Brady's presser was angry Tom. So we should expect fiery, fiery belly Tom Brady to come out and he don't want to be embarrassed in his home opener in this new stadium, especially if you know, like, what if the Bucks started 0 and 2? And Bill Belichick goes and gets a win in in Seattle. I mean, all of a sudden, like the volume gets real cranked up on narrative street, and that, and that's not fun for Tom Brady. I do think that the Bucks will win this fairly handily, but I would much rather take the over here. It's one of my best yep. bets, forty seven and a half. The Panthers can't stop anybody, and I I I don't think that the defense will be bad forever. Derek Brown looked. Derek Brown manhandled some dudes on the Raiders' offensive line last week, as you point, Pete. Use your favorite defensive player in the draft. Yep. He looked Love great. Him. Gross Matos is going to be very good against the run very quickly, I think. And Jeremy Chen, they moved all over and he made some plays for the Panthers, but they're all young players and Tom Brady is going to be able to put up some points. The Panthers will score as well. This is, this game goes over 50. If the Panther, if the Panthers have an over that's less than 50. In the next couple of weeks, just take the over. It doesn't matter who they're playing. There's gonna be points.
3: Hey, Will, I got a question. And we go right down the line, Pete RJ, and then yourself to answer this one. But I, I thought the week one would be very low scoring. I was banking on a lot of overs. I said 16 games, you're gonna see 13 unders and one and three overs. I was completely wrong because I, I I forgot how smart the NFL was. And they said, you know what, they knew the same thing. We didn't have preseason, our games could be boring. That's the last thing we want. We want points, we want excitement. Let's let the offensive linemen hold like we do in the playoffs because we don't want any of our star players to get hurt. Let's give the quarterbacks all the time they need, and let's torch 78% uh, holding penalties down. 78% down from last year. So they didn't call any holding, Pete. You think they continue to do the same thing? They won well, high I think high as, high as, it,
1: as it moves on, you'll see more holding. Let's not forget either. They didn't tackle. You know, nobody tackled. Very little tackling. Some teams tackled in camp, but there were no preseason games and angles and and busted plays and that kind of thing. That's a problem. That's why I thought, and I've I said it all offseason. I said it, Princeton on this podcast. I said the first couple of weeks there were going to be more points than we normally see because of the tackling. And combined with the lack of holding, don't forget these are all crews that are chopped up. They don't work to, you know, because geographically they're not the same crews that they normally work together as. So a guy who might throw a flag on one crew doesn't necessarily throw a a flag on the other crew because he doesn't know what the chief is like. So I think add that all up. And that's why the points are up.
2: Holding was down 78%, but offensive pass interference was up 8,000%. So (laughs) we could have had even more points.
0: Yeah. And I think, if the, the only comparable, and I don't know if we sort of talked about it, Kenny, but I don't know if we talked about, like, you mentioned the unders and then we said, and maybe you had to jump off or to go on Sportsline or whatever it was, but we were mentioning it. Um, like in week, in, in 2011, weeks one and two, the overs hit at 72%. And I think that's really the only comparable season to what we have now in terms of training camp and a lack of preparation. I think you're right. I mean, I think the NFL doesn't want to call a bunch of holding and let's not forget. This is preseason for the officials too. Like they're, they're trying to get, get their heads around on what's going on. Uh, good example. Look
1: at the, look at the Panthers. You talked about all those young kids. Bobby Anderson, Jeremy. Jeremy, no, but I'm talking about defensively. Jeremy Chin going into that game had never been played, played against speed like that and the angles and real tackling. So you have to adjust to it. And I think as we move through September on into October, you'll see the tackling get better and the points might come down a little bit. But this week again, I think you're going to see high scoring again.
0: Yeah. I meant, when I met Robbie Anderson, I meant the Raiders safety was wildly out of position. Yeah. Oh yeah. When, when Robbie Anderson broke that, it wasn't like, it was like a 70 yard touchdown for Teddy Bridgewater. They threw seven yards. All right. Moving along. Uh, Lions at Packers, Pete's Packers, Pete's pretty little Packers, minus six against my lowly Lions. The over forty-nine and is 49 and a half. Pete, uh, you know, this is your team. I'll give
1: you, uh, are you trying to get out of that Lions Packers play, uh, bet for the division yet?
0: Not uh, only if you're trying to get out of Steelers, Ravens.
1: Hell no, I'm not getting out of that one. Okay. Roethlisberger looked good, but I I you guys know I have the Packers. Says the, Lions the Lions should have
0: won last week. DeAndre Swift, you're killing me, Smalls. God almighty.
1: Yeah, well, Stafford threw a terrible interception, too, that set up a point blank go-ahead touchdown. So, you know, <laughs> look, the, there was no doubt in the Packers game. Aaron Rodgers is back. The ball didn't go over. Helmet, helmet high. That means he's back. He's throwing lasers. Uh, you mock me for Valdez Scantling. If the kid catches two more passes, he has 180 yards in offense because he dropped two that should have been long gains. He's getting open. His speed adds to that offense. The Lions are decimated in the secondary. This is easy in terms of, of Packers because A, because, but it's also easy in terms of the over. This game is soaring over the total. I love the Packers and Lions is my best bet over.
2: You mock me for my receiver that dropped two passes. I guess I showed you.
1: (laughs) He still had a a touchdown at 100 yards. Oh, he had a good game. I just thought
2: that was funny. You sound
0: like uh, our our editor, Dan, who's like, I don't understand what all the complaints are about Daniel Jones. He had a great game aside from the three massive turnovers that completely
2: flipped the outcome of the game. Yeah, no, I'm I'm on the Packers. Packers are my best bet. I do like the over, too, but a lot of key injuries for Detroit, especially in the secondary. Aaron Rodgers could slice them up. Uh, I'm not completely on Pete's bandwagon here with Aaron Rodgers because I think that Vikings defense could be pretty bad, especially at secondary, but it's another good matchup here, so I think he's going to have another great week and look like an MVP candidate. Uh, I'm also not sure if the Lions are going to have Kenny Galladay and Vitae at right tackle, two key guys on offense. I would make this one Packers minus seven. I think we're getting solid value. I think the line is going to move up, though, so get it at six while you can.
3: Yeah, the the injuries for Detroit are are, you know, mounting and it's it's hurting this football team and they still should have won the game last week. Uh, I thought when I saw the line Green Bay six, well, I said, well, I'm going to be taking seven and a half because the entire world will bet Green Bay. Um, and I still think the general public probably will on on game day, but I guess it's not going to get as high as I thought. Matt Patricia continues to amaze everyone how he can blow leads and blow football games as a head coach in the NFL. Um, I'm all on board with the over, uh, the secondary beat up for Detroit. Rogers should have a gigantic day and Nobody's better than Matthew Stafford at coming back against prevent defenses. So, yeah, tons of points in this one.
0: Yeah, this over is a smash. It, look, you need to get it in now, though. If you're listening to this podcast on Friday, it's 49 and a half. It, it will close at 52. Like, it's going to keep going up because th- these teams cannot play defense. And Kenny's right. There's going to be bombs away Against a Packers defense that is fairly lethargic because they have a, a substantial lead. Like I just don't see a situation where we don't see tons of points. And, and look, Rogers is still in bleep you. Nobody believes in me except for Pete mode. So I mean, he might be throwing the ball around as well. Uh, finally Pete, we'll get you out. We're, we got Kenny. Kenny's got to go. I got to go. You, Kenny. Uh, Pete, Thanks, I do want to quickly your thoughts on the Giants and Bears game because you have a best bet there.
1: Yeah, I do have the best bet because I think the Giants actually did some really good things the other day against the Steelers. Uh, you, you talked about Jones. He turned the ball over, but he made some really good throws as well. Um And, and I think that the Bears aren't very good. I, I think Trubisky careered last year, and now he's getting back to being – last week, I think Trubisky's getting back to being Trubisky. And so if you're going to give me a t- uh, almost a touchdown, I'll take it with the Giants. I don't think they win the game, but I think they hang around. They're not much worse than the Bears. Uh, so I'll take the Giants plus the six. The short week worries me a little bit, but I think they'll be okay.
2: Yeah, I'm with Pete here. I'm not going to make it a best bet for the Giants. Um, Bears shouldn't be laying this many points against anyone with their offense. Um, Chicago needed a bunch of secondary injuries to finally move the ball in Detroit at the end of the game, like we were talking about the injuries in, in that Lions game. Um, I thought the Giants, he actually played pretty well for much of Monday night. I know that they lost pretty pretty uh handily, but, you know, they were in that game. It was a lot better than what I was expecting from that with all the uh, injuries and absences and DeAndre Baker's nonsense that was happening in the offseason. So I think they could have a good game here against a mediocre offense at best. But uh, the reason I'm not playing it, it really comes down to, will the Giants O-line be able to slow up Khalil Mack in the Bears' pass rush? I don't know that I want to be holding a ticket hoping that, that that's going to happen if, if uh, Daniel Jones needs to rally for a cover at the end. So I'm just going to lean to the Giants. I'm going to lean to the under because I don't think the Bears are scoring a ton of points, um, but I'm not going to best bet either of these. I, I think the Bears win outright, but I, I won't make I'm not going to make it the best bet. I just think I
0: mean, the 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 Bears – I see the Bears I say the Giants. You think the Giants are going to win outright? I think the Giants had, are going to win outright. I think the Bears wow. are bad.
1: Wow. I think, I think the Bears wow. are bad. The Bears were getting smashed. So we all it. like the Giants, so we put it in a parlay?
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Let's do now, it. Now that Kenny's gone. <laughs> uh, do not money line it for the parlay, but we have uh, – what do we have? Oh, we don't want to do the Chiefs under. So we have the Falcons, yeah, the Falcons Oval, 53, over 53, the
1: Bears. No, the Giants. The, the giants, giants. Why
0: do I keep saying that what's wrong with that? And you know, then seems-
1: may-
2: maybe the Packers over 49 Packers and a half Packers over yeah Let's put
0: the Packers over and Kenny like the yep. the Kings yeah. that's okay. our three, that's our pick 6 podcast parlay Falcons Cowboys over 53 Giants plus plus five and a half. and the Packers over 49 and, and a Don't
1: half. bitch when it's seven nothing in those two games in the fir- in this, about Ten minutes into the second quarter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Or with the Bears are up 14, like 42 to nothing. sorry ass Giants team. All right, Pete, we're gonna let you go. We're gonna take a quick break and we come back. RJ and I will rip through the rest of the games on the slate. Thanks, Pete.
1: All right, fellas.
0: See ya. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul. The designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com.
4: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what?
0: Pete has passed on, as I, as I like to say last year. Finally, some serious football talk that we can get down to now. No more ha-ha, yuck, yuck with old Prisco there. Uh, 49ers at the Jets. Niners minus seven on the road. The over-under is 41.5. Uh, I got to tell you, like in doing my picks for, for com, I sort of felt like this is a trap, but I also feel like the Jets are by far and away the worst team in football.
2: Yeah, I don't see how you take San Fran to cover seven on the road with their injury issues. Yeah. I don't see how you take the Jets in any matchup. I don't care what the points are. So that's going to be a stay away on the regular number for me. I would lean to the under. Um, but San Fran is getting a little healthier. I think IU returned to practice on Thursday. So that would be good if they, if they alleviate some of their injury concerns there. I'm still monitoring what's going to happen with George Kittle. You know, he was dealing with an injury. That would be a huge loss for them. So leading to the under, hoping that the San Fran injuries, you know, detail that they're not going to score 40 points against a bad D, even if not fully healthy. But I mean, they can just hand it to Raheem Mostert and run the ball down their throat. So just a lean under for me, but I am going to put San Francisco in a teaser with one of our games coming up in a second.
0: Ooh, spicy. Uh, by the way, I mentioned this on the Heath Cummings DFS podcast from yesterday. You should check it out if you want DFS analysis. I like Kevin Coleman for a monster game in this week. I don't like know where Kevin Coleman goes for like 175 yards. in two. Touchdowns. You
2: know, it was good to see McKinnon score a touchdown. We don't know how much they're going to work him in, but you know, Coleman with the air quality issues, you know, had to, had to be a uh, questionable for that game all week, you know, he's to in a go in this one. So maybe he does have a huge game.
0: All right. Next up. And yeah, I agree. Don't take the jets. Don't take the Niners minus seven. What you do is you Tease him, as RJ said. Maybe you could even tease with the Broncos at the Steelers. Steelers minus seven and a half. Hmm, that's a teasable number. The over under 40 and a
2: half, RJ. Yeah, this was six on the look ahead line. Steelers six, and it made no sense because the Steelers were ste- in week one. Steelers line steamed from three and a half to six against the Giants. The Broncos line fell from minus one and a half to plus two and a half, finally to plus three. And this line barely budged if it budged at all, you know, at six. So I was telling, saying in my look ahead column on, on Friday, um, last week, to, uh, to go ahead and fire on this one. Now it's up to seven and a half. I don't love the Steel- the Steelers at seven and a half, but I do love them, you know, if you tease them down, get them at one and a half and tease them with the 49ers at minus one. Um, so that is one of my best bets. These two teams have also been reliable under teams, you know, over the last year plus. They both went under again on Monday. Can't see Drew Locke managing any more success against his defense. And I only worry about Ben clicking, uh, and, P- and Pittsburgh throwing up a ton of points if I'm going to miss this under because it looked like he started to get it together on Monday, but you know, it doesn't seem like he's all the way there back. So, uh, I'm just going to go with the uh, the teaser, and then I'm going to also best bet under 41.5 in this game because I don't trust Broncos' offense. Uh, looking at it, in, so in since
0: 2019, or uh, so last year basically, uh, the Steelers had – actually, maybe this is a bad example because they didn't have Big Ben. I was just sort of looking at over-unders that were uh, lower than 43 – a fair
2: example, probably not with
0: Nick
2: bad Yeah, I mean, they have the best, one of the best defenses in the league capable of creating turnovers, and they had nothing on offense. So, of course, they're going to have a lot of low over-unders.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it went 7-2 and two to the under when it was 43 mm-hmm. or lower. And I, I with the, I think we see Vic Fangio, that offense is very conservative. Um, they've got good playmakers, but, you know, we saw the Steelers snuff out Evan Ingram against the, the, against the Giants. It wouldn't be surprising if Noah Fant was really limited in this game. And then you're basically asking Jerry Judy if Cortland Sutton you know, if he's unable to go, then you're asking Jerry Judy to win one on one tough matchups. I, I just don't, I, I would, I don't think they score a lot of points here. I would, I would, uh, I would lean to the other two, but I'll, I'll let you have that best bet and copy your paper.
2: Ravens minus seven at the Texans over under 50. This is just like the Chiefs line to me. I think it's too high, but I have no interest in fading the Ravens right now. I love Deshaun Watson, but you could see the Ravens these shut down this offense and it wouldn't be that surprising. Um, it's hard to see that on the other side of the ball or where Lamar Jackson looks unstoppable. Um, so I got to stay away from the spread. I would lean Texans just cause it seems like there's a little bit of value on them at plus seven. And I don't think they're a terrible team, but I'm not, I'm not going against the Ravens right now. Same thing. Uh, Ravens, Saints and even with
0: Michael Thomas for the Saints for me, we'll talk about that in a second. The Chiefs it's like they're, they're, Clearly, the three best teams in football. Don't bet against them. Like, just don't, don't bet against them right now. Let's see how they like. Even if it's a big line, you just you, they can just burn you because they're so capable of, of going up top. Uh, so I got nothing here. I mean, like, I, this is a great game. I'm excited to watch it. I have no interest in taking the Texans plus seven again. I don't care if they're home, road, on Mars, uh, in Bill O'Brien's backyard. I'm not doing it. And you know, seven's a little too much to lay with the Ravens. You know, assuming that they might even consider like slowing down the pace in the second half. Yeah, and the
2: total fight. seems a little high to me at 50, you know, because uh, Ravens' defense showed out against Browns in week one. Uh, so, yeah, like I, I could see Deshaun Watson. Ryan
0: is like hell-bent on running David Johnson <laughs> over. And yeah, over.
2: That, that should be pretty easy to defend. So I could see the Texans score 10 points more than I can see them score 30 and push this one over. Yeah, I agree with that. Vikings at the Colts, Colts minus three, the over
0: under 48 and a half. Uh, what do you think?
2: Yeah, a matchup of two of the most disappointing teams. You could throw Eagles in there, obviously, but I think people know that they, that was an injury issue. Indy lost his eight point favorites, yet the line moved toward them from minus two and a half on the look ahead and move up to three. That's how bad Minnesota looked against Green Bay. I think everybody's kind of off the Minnesota bandwagon to this point. Zimmer used to be great, you know, always go with Zimmer on the spread because he can always cover these spreads. But against the AFC, uh, you know, he had been great in his career. He's just two and two against the spread each of his last two years. So it comes a 50-50 proposition. And uh, if, if Rivers can throw multiple picks versus Jaguars, he can do it against anyone, but uh, this Viking secondary just does not, uh, you know, give me anything to be confident about at all. So right now I see less wrong with Indy than Minnesota. So I got to lean that way, but uh, I would, I would have taken it at two and a half, but at three, it's just going to be a lean. You know what? Uh, I need to go ahead and add another best bet. I feel like, so I'm going to make the
0: Colts. One of my best bets, Uh, Brinson best bet. I'll add to the sheet. I guess I could let Debo do it and talk about the game instead. Uh, I like the Colts in the spot for a couple of reasons. One, as you point out, so like Mike Zimmer, the, the Vikings led the league by a large margin in week one in terms of rushes on first and second down. They want to run Dalvin Cook. They want Mike Zimmer. It doesn't matter. If Gary Kubiak, how, St- it doesn't matter who his offensive coordinator is, North Turner. Um, you know, whether it's, uh, Kevin Stefanski, he's telling these guys, listen, here's the deal you're going to run the ball. I don't want to open it up and pass it. He doesn't want this to be a Kirk Cousins team. And I get it because that's how he's just always operated with these stout defenses and great running games. The problem is, as you point out, his defense stinks. They're 26 in DVOA after one week, and that is a short sample size, but you can throw on them. Aaron Rodgers threw on them. And I think that the, the Colts will operate with some no huddle against a Vikings defense that isn't prepared to deal with it. They'll keep Naheem Hines out there. They'll do a bunch of short yardage passes. And then if they get a lead, they're going to uncourt Jonathan Taylor on them behind a weakened defensive line that won't have Daniil Hunter with Quentin Nelson out there and, and that good Colts offensive line. I, I thought the Colts in, in Jacksonville was always a bad spot for Rivers in Indianapolis. And I, I mean, I know I picked them to win the Super Bowl, but I didn't think that they were going to beat the Jags by more than eight points. And I wouldn't be surprised if they lost. And I said that last week. I think they come out and bludgeon the Vikings here. And I think we look start to look at the Vikings like, whoa, is this team bottom ten? Bottom five in the NFL? I mean, like I really think it's that possible because when you have a defense that falls apart like this from a personnel standpoint and just doesn't have the talent to do what Zimmer wants it to do, especially early on, and you have a and you have an offense with skill guys that are good but is hellbent on running the football, that is a real recipe for like failing in twenty twenty.
2: Yeah, and the warning signs were there. They had a lot of, you know, getting rid of talent in the offseason because they were so far up against the cap. So they trade away Stefan Diggs. They uh, don't bring Everson Griffin back. Their quarterba- cornerbacks get cleared out. Linval Joseph's gone. The guy they get, they get to replace Linval Joseph opts out of the season. The guy they've, they've, um, Traded for to boost the defensive line, you know, just got here. So you can't expect a ton from Nakakwe right away, but then Hunter goes on the IR. So it's just like this team's kind of falling apart. So I think that the warning signs are definitely there and the Colts, it was a bad loss, but yeah, I don't think that they're, they're a bottom 10 team. I think that's a, they're a much stronger team of these two, you know, going forward. Harrison Smith and and
0: Anthony Harris is a very nice safety combination, but you're asking Mike Hughes to take a big leap forward and become an elite player. Even if he's great and and locks down T.Y. Hilton, the Colts have enough talent uh, elsewhere in terms of pass catchers, whether it's running backs or uh, Paris Campbell, who flashed uh, pretty well in in week one, that they can do work. I mean, they're trotting out rookies in in Holton Hill. This is, this is not a good enough defense. This is not a good enough defense to do what Zimmer wants to do. And I don't think that they're going to adjust
2: until later in the season. Definitely fire on all your Paris Campbell, buy up all that stock right now, because this could be a huge game for him, especially he considering it? he operates, you know, near the line of scrimmage and Philip Rivers ain't throwing it downfield we saw, you know, so it could be a lot of Paris Campbell getting free against Holton Hill or, you know, a rookie cornerback and, uh, taking it the distance. You think, you think we see a, a big, uh, a big game from Paris Campbell? I do. I got him. I'm actually going because every because with how bad Rivers look, nobody's going to want to play Rivers in DFS. But I got Rivers. and I'll take K- Paris Campbell and I'll take Ty Hilton just in case he can break free too. I don't think that his game lines up that well with um with Rivers' skill set. But throw those three guys in, you're going to have a a group there that a lot of people aren't going to want because I, there might be some perception that Vikings still have a good defense. But as we saw in Week One, they do not. You know, and they they have a bad matchup problem against teams with solid pass offenses.
0: Uh, Rivers had uh, two pass attempts of over 20 yards uh, down the field. One for one on those, he was only missed two of a ton of passes inside of 10 yards. So it's pretty clear that's how they're going to operate, and that's not surprising either for a team that is, you know, working in a new quarterback with new personnel. You don't want to stretch the field and, and deal with a bunch of mistakes. So uh, yeah, I look, I'll take the Colts here. I would take the over if it wasn't the Viking. Like if it wasn't Mike Zimmer who's going to be insist he, on running the football.
2: He could definitely slow this game down enough to, to, to hit Frank 48 Reik, and miss it just by half. Frank
0: Reich is totally willing to like play ball with somebody who wants to slow a football game down. Mm-hmm. Bills minus five and a half at the Dolphins over under 41. Uh, is this, I don't know. I can't tell if it's an overreaction to what we saw from Buffalo against the Jets and what we saw. it's, I mean, it's almost a little surprisingly low. I, I'm a little shocked. It's not seven points.
2: Yeah, I think they're kind of tempting you to take the bills. I'm not going to do it. My lean would be to the Dolphins. I think the line's a little high, but I'm in no rush to back this Miami offense. But they have been very good at home. You know, I have said through the years in those podcasts that they're an underrated team at home. They went four and one against the spread last year after that September crash where you know Rosen was in and out of the lineup and they were terrible. But four and one against the spread, you know, against some solid teams there. Uh but that one ATS loss was versus Buffalo. So maybe Josh Allen just has their number and he's going to run up the score again. So my line would be four and a half. There's not much difference between four and a half and five and a half because five is. And a key number. Uh, so I'm just going to make it a lean, uh, even though I have a point off of this. But, um, yeah, it's good. it should be a low-scoring game. You see that with the 41 total, which means that if, if Dolphins can score even a little bit, you know, more than expected, they should be able to cover this. Okay. Yeah, I, I would I would lean Dolphins too, but
0: I have no interest in backing I think you're right. It does stink like a, hey, look, the Bills were great, and the Dolphins stunk. Come get that five-and-a-half. Um, Jaguars at the Titans. The Titans minus eight-and-a-half at home. Uh, coming off a win in Denver late on Monday night, this is a short week for Mike Vrabel's squad. But the good news is, by the way, over under forty four, they should get it. They should have a fairly simplistic game plan when it comes to approaching this Jaguars team.
2: Yeah, this is the strongest possible lean on Jacksonville for me at eight and a half. You know, it's a great spot. Titans coming off that late Monday night game. Had to play a ton in, you know, ton of snaps in that game. It went to what one, you could probably know better than me, like 130. 130, you're, 130, you're really 130 138, I think. <laughs> But the problem is Jacksonville won last week without putting up a lot of offense. It's going to be hard to do that consistently. Um, but still, Minchu look like a starting quarterback, a starting NFL caliber quarterback, you know, and Jacksonville is better than people expected. I don't think they're the worst team in the league, which is where everybody kind of pegged them. The only reason I'm not jumping on it as a best bet is because Jacksonville is a super public dog in this one. People do not, oh. do not agree with this line. Um, I think it's up to above 80% on Jaguars. And when you see the public really backing a particular, you know, random, uh uh underdog like that you know kind of fires up the warning sign so you could all definitely see even though AJ Brown it looks like he's hurt he might he might miss this game and maybe even more games the, the the injury news came out on Thursday you could see them just handing it to Derrick Henry 30 times going for 240 yards and four touchdowns and all of a sudden you're thinking Jaguars down you know 30 to 12 like why did i back this team
0: yeah i would i think uh so i'm in a survivor league with a friend of mine we split some teams we did six teams total um, three lost and three won. It was stupid. I should have gone all in on the bills and the, and the Pats. That's what I thought about doing, but I went, uh, I lost the Colts, the 49ers and the Eagles Kn- knocked out like literally 49% of the survivor pool. So I guess we'll just deal with that. Um, we're going all Titans this week. Just
2: putting all three on the Titans. I can't believe you let anybody take the 49ers last week in your pool. Me either. Yeah, it's like, that definitely could have, that, that definitely was somebody else putting that in and Brinson not paying attention. Long story, like, I had to rush to get him in and I was
0: like, Oh my God. I'm just going to take the six biggest favorites and just like, and make sure that I didn't like the 49ers. I thought about it too, but then I was like, Oh God, I don't want to be all in on Buffalo and all in on the Pats. And then like Cam comes out and stinks. It was, it was dumb. I, I take, I take the L for it,
2: but we're going all Titans this week. And I think this is a Derrick Henry
0: explosion game. Yeah, he's
2: on he's in that same DFS lineup for me with the uh Paris Campbell. Like just fire all on that Derrick Henry this week. Uh, I yeah, I agree. I think I think Derek I think Vrabel knows it's a short week.
0: He's like, listen, boys, go in there. We're not Ryan Taylor ain't throwing forty three times, Arthur. You feed Derrick Henry, create some space up front and let this guy bust one. Derrick Henry feels like he always has one of those just like back breaking long runs against the Jaguars. I think he has one this week. Uh as Heath and I talked about a uh, Henry Zeke Elliott a uh, combo lineup is is pretty nice to deal with. You could see some heavy usage in that kind of game. What i scared. I almost said it Washington at the Cardinals, the aforementioned Cardinals Cardinals minus seven, the over under 46 and a have a shocking high pace from both the Car- without well, not shocking from the Cardinals, but a shocking
2: high pace from the Washington football team. Could this be a shootout RJ? Uh, no, uh, I love I love the Cardinals at six and a half. If you can get it at seven, I love it even more. You know, one of these football teams is a you legit. You love it more at seven than six and a half? If you're getting, the, oh yeah, no, I'm sorry. I got them flipped around. <laughs> yeah. I was still thinking of the Cardinals 49ers game we were just talking about. Right, right, right. Uh, one of these football teams is a legit division leader. It's not the one that's called football team. They are not a good team. Arizona ran for 180 yards on San Francisco, only gave up two sacks. I think that offense could be taking a leap because that is a great defense that they did that against. Washington took advantage of Philadelphia's injuries on the offensive line to rack up sacks, but their offense was not impressive at all to me. If Arizona is a legit good team, and I think that they are, they win this game by double digits. This is, this is an easy win you put in your pocket for a good team like Arizona, if if they are what I think they're going to be. So roll with them. Uh, try to get it at 6.5. But, yeah, like I said, I'll still. Take it at seven. I would I would take it up to probably nine. You know, I just think that they're they're a really good team.
0: I I, I took the Cardinals in my in my in my picks, uh, and I'm with you. I think so. Arizona was 18th in DVOA. It, 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 mentioning it only, football writers and Aaron Schatz have said for years, like you don't don't worry, don't get too caught up in DVOA until like a couple of weeks into the season because it has to normalize and all that. But it is worth noting uh, how they
2: performed. I just think they're good. Like they can win the division. Yeah, it wouldn't be shocking. I I still wouldn't make them the favorite to win the division, yeah. but I, I mean think, they, they I got a win in teams. the bag against San Francisco in San Francisco, so I mean it could it could happen. If you were redoing
0: the odds for the NFC West right now, I think you would make it Seattle minus one twenty five, Rams three to one, two to two and a half to one, Cardinals four to one, and uh, maybe that's downgrading San Francisco too much.
2: Yeah, it's probably downgraded. I think people would slot Seattle one, San Francisco two. Um, Arizona maybe creep in front of the Rams because even though the Rams beat the Cowboys, it was at home. You know, it wasn't that impressive of a win. It was a close game all the way through. Um, and what Arizona did was a lot more impressive than what, what, uh, the Rams did. So I would think the Rams were probably bringing up their rear. I wouldn't put them that, you know, I was talking them up before the season as great, uh, value on their division odds. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, wouldn't surprise me if San Francisco is the last team in this division. That doesn't mean they're going to go four and 12 again, but you know, or th- three and 13 or whatever it was, eight but eight, they eight, could go the this seven and nine, eight and eight. Yeah. yeah and, and be the last team in the division. Yeah, and it's not because they're not, good. it's
0: not because we don't like San Francisco or they're not good. If they just deal with a ton of injuries and they're you know, hung over from the Super Bowl. Uh, okay. I, I'm with you on Cardinals though. Would you consider, uh, did you consider the Cardinals as part of a teaser instead of the Steelers or the, uh, 49ers.
2: Yeah. So in my teasers, uh, column that came out on Wednesday, I, I identified, f- I had a top 10 list of teams I think are worth teasing and considering, but it's really a, there's four teams in my first year. And that was the two teams you mentioned that I did tease Pittsburgh and San Francisco. And then I'll throw Arizona in as the third one. And then the Chiefs were the fourth one. You get them under, under a field goal against the Chargers. I feel really good about that. So, um, those were my top four. Um, the Ravens come pretty close at, you know, if you want to, Mess around with them. I'm okay with that, too. Um, So, yeah, a lot of good teaser options this week. All right, Patriots at the
0: Seahawks See, on Sunday Night Football. You watch it on the Peacock, I'm sure. The Seahawks are minus four. The over-under is 45. I'm surprised that this line is as high as it is.
2: Uh, yeah, who – people are really buying into Seattle because what did we see in week one to believe this New England team isn't good? So I got a best bet at New England plus four. They only had 21 points, but they had that missed field goal at the end of the first half. They had a fumble through the end zone by Nikhil Harry. That could have been seven tax seven points on. This game's 31 to 11 is this game is this line really plus 4 in this matchup of course not you know seattle gave up 506 yards to the atlanta they needed several fourth down stops to hold them to 25 points part of that was the atlanta fumbling the fake punt um part of that was these fourth these fourth and short plays they aren't going to all miss every single time um so and seattle trick atlanta with the offense i called them the chiefs earlier atlanta prep for the seattle and they end up facing the chiefs that's not going to work twice especially against the best defensive mind that's ever hey, been coaching you know, in this do league who, do you know who won't not or do you know who won't like Forget to prepare for the
0: possibility of Russell Wilson passing the ball. Bill Belichick, that's who. I mean, what are we doing, Ray Morris?
2: Pretty pretty sure he got some good work in against uh, Russell Wilson preparing for, uh, I believe it was a Super Bowl 49, maybe. So he he, he knows how to play this team. So I think New England could actually be the team that has some new tricks for Seattle. They put all those runs with cam on tape. Now you got to prep for this New England offense is turning into run, run, run. Maybe they're the Ravens, you know, part two, and that's how they're going to win games. What if he starts motioning out to runs and all of a sudden he's popping passes over the middle to Devin Asiasi or some other random names that you wouldn't expect. So I think, yeah, New England could come out and take uh, Seattle off guard. And if Seattle's reverting to their run tendencies, they have even a less chance of playing this game. But even if they don't, if, if they, he lets Russ cook, this is a great defense he's got to play against. So give me the Patriots all day at plus four. It's a dumb line.
0: Yeah, I'm that's one of my best bets, too. It doesn't. It, I was shocked when I saw it. I like the under a lot as well. Pete Carroll has said that he's going to run the ball more. He's like, we got to get back to running the ball. I almost feel like they're like, all right, we're going to do Atlanta. Nobody thinks we're going to do this. Let's let Russ cook and just show them that we know, we know we can. And then, but you're right. You can't let Russ cook against the Patriots. Their strength is their secondary. They're going to look at this game and say, we have to win with our matchup. It's a primetime game at home. We want to exert our will in the trenches. We'll utilize play action a bunch, but we're going to go out there and pound the ball. I think they run it a ton. I think the Patriots will run it a ton as well. And looking at the Patriots' uh, possessions, 448, 611, 230, uh, 140, 30 seconds, which is a missed field goal after an interception at the half, 446, 748, 508, and 128, which was them taking knees after another interception. I mean, they're, they're ch- chawing up clock. They had the slowest pace of anybody in the entire NFL last week. And I think that we're going to see them do the exact same thing against Seattle, eat up clock. And when you do that, it also forces whoever you're playing to be wildly efficient. Like if they make mistakes on offense, or they, you know, run the ball three, three times, run the ball twice and Russ, you know, it doesn't complete a pass on third and long and they have to punt. Like you are you are going to flip the script on the Seahawks in that case. And so I love the Patriots plus four. I think they went out right.
2: Yeah. I forgot before the season who you took in the AFC East. Was it Patriots or Bills? Pats. Yeah, and obviously you're gonna stick with that now. I think I was leaning a little bit of the edge toward the Bills, but I wasn't counting the Patriots out. After seeing Cam healthy and seeing this offense, yeah, I think Patriots are gonna win it again. Um maybe not running away, but you know, as they as easy as they as they've done in recent years. But uh I think that they're definitely the best team in that division.
0: Let me and I'm gonna tell people this too right now, and I hope I hope that people who listen to the podcast frequently are currently still listening to the podcast. But if you go and look right now, and uh you know what, I'm gonna try and find it on William Hill because they are our partner and our good friends at William Hill to see if they currently have divisional champions. Oh, you can bet on, you can bet on MVP after week one at William Hill. Ross Wilson is six and a half to one. Go bet on Ross at six and a half to one. He's got a huge lead over everybody else. Go bet that people. Uh, and Kyler Murray down to 12 to one. Aaron Rodgers down to 14 to one. So division odds are up versus the Saints were a stupid price of minus 125 or so thereabouts. Um, they're now minus 200. I hope you jumped on that. We told you the Saints were the better team and provided tons of value. The Patriots are still not the favorite to win the division. The Bills are plus 100 and the Patriots are plus 105. Go bet the Patriots. Do it now. Go get a William Hill account or do it wherever you can. Or, you know Do, make, do, do what you got to do. The Bills should not be favored to win this division. I think the Bills are a good team. But if the Patriots get 16 games a cam and you're getting the Patriots at plus money to win the AFC East – it's insane, and it won't, and it'll be gone. I
2: mean, it's gone. And and Josh Allen looks like he's getting better as a passer. And and you know, I don't, I don't want to draw too many um, you know, wild, you uh, get, wild things off of week passes. one. But uh he improved to me, but he still made a ton of mistakes. He's throwing the, landing the ball, you know, fumbling it left and right, you know, not not showing good ball security. I mean, he missed two of the most wide open touchdown throws you'll ever see. So he's getting better, but he's still not, you know, the player that Pete Prisco thinks he is and, and, you know, that he, that he, uh, uh, lovingly stares at when he goes to sleep every night on the ceiling. So <laughs> the poster of Josh Allen. What a boy. way to dunk on Pete
0: while he's not here. All right. Uh, so that's a best bet for us on the Patriots as well. Uh, finally Saints at the Raiders, Saints minus five and a half. Michael Thomas, I don't know he's been ruled out, but we're expecting him not to play. It's, it sounded like his high. What a, I mean, what a twist that the, it's like everybody, you know, people are, like, screaming, like, you can't go running back because we were running back, blah, blah, blah. And, like, the the top wide receiver is
2: now hurt and probably going to miss. <laughs> I, I would guess somewhere between four and six weeks the high ankle sprain. Maybe it's yeah. three or four. When I was on the fantasy pod, uh, you know, before the season, they, they, the thing they specifically asked me was, you're really high on Emmanuel Sanders and nobody else is. So I'm like, well, I don't know about really high. It's not like I'm saying he's going to, you know, be a locked in number two receiver in fantasy, but he's being really devalued just based off of what he did last year. Uh, in this offense, he could have a big year and then Michael Thomas gets hurt. It's like, well, now Sanders might be the number one option, you know, in that passing game. He's going to be a pretty, pretty nice little monster. Um, if Thomas has to miss extended time, that's a good point. Yeah. He should, he
0: should see a significant improvement. I think they'll still run it through Kamara. And uh I love the Saints here. I mean, look, I, I don't know if I love the Saints. They're not a best bet. I, I, I'm I taking the Saints. If, if I were taking I'm, it's Monday Night Football. People are probably going to be betting on it. Uh I, The Saints will be the team that I'm eyeing here, because I don't I don't want to trust the Raiders.
2: Yeah, my lean is also to the Saints, but five and a half on the road. Brand new stadium. Obviously, there's no fans. So, or I don't know, you know, I don't know what their seating capacity is, but even if there is fans, it's not going to be many. So, um, I, I made the line six and a half before the Thomas injury. So I don't mind backing the Saints. I am worried about losing him. So it's only going to be a lean for me at five and a half. Um, you know, maybe think about teasing it down, but, um, it's Monday night. So it's kind of hard to do that. What are you going to do? Tease it with like the, uh, the over, maybe get the over down to 43 and a half. Um, so yeah, I'm probably just going to watch this one and, uh, not, not really be invested in it. Let's see what,
0: um, hold on a second. Right. Let's see what the games are for week three. Oh, Miami, Jacksonville on Thursday. Ew. Thursday and week three. I was going to suggest a money line parlay with the, uh, the Monday and the Thursday game because you can kind of do that now. You know, you're not,
2: pu- you're not pumped for Miami, Jacksonville. Well, I'm not pumped for the money line opportunity there. You're not pumped for um, Ryan Fitzpatrick playing terrible against Buffalo, getting benched, and it's Tua versus Gardner Minshew on Thursday night. Okay, I'm kind of excited for that. <laughs> that would be fun. I can get down for that. Um, surely there's like a hockey. You no, know, the, surely
0: there's a Stanley Cup game you can moneyline parlay or like a NBA playoff game. The Clippers, no, the Lakers get the Nuggets, and the Nuggets are only good in the second half of the series. So here's what you do: you wait till Monday, do moneyline parlay the Saints and a Lakers and an early seat, an early. Uh, not game one. Don't do game one. Do like game two or three and money line parlay. The Lakers and the uh the Saints, and that's that's your that's your freebie cross sport parlay from your buddy Will
2: Princeton there. Uh, okay, that's uh that's all the games, RJ. Any uh any last thoughts? Well done again. Um, no, not really. I mean, I'm kind of interested to see um some of these look ahead lines for week three. You brought up week three. You seen things like. Philly is minus five and a half against Cincinnati. Obviously people don't think they're going to tank that badly. Um, even though that line came down against the Rams, if they're still five and a half point favorites against Cincinnati. Um, you got India's seven point favorites against the Jets. That tells you how bad the Jets are expected to be. Wow. Um, cause Indy didn't look great in week one at all. That's a, so, that's yeah, a 10 point game if Indy blows out Minnesota. You got Tampa at three and a half point favorites at Denver. So nobody's expecting much at Denver. Um, so yeah, there is some, some, possibility of you know jumping early on some of these lines and getting good value now before sunday kicks off especially if you nail which things can happen in the sunday games like people should be holding a Steelers minus six in that broncos game in their pocket if they were smart about it now you told
0: us that last week right
2: didn't listen i did listen i just forgot
0: that's how it works for me sometimes all right that's the (laughs) podcast the picks podcast uh, make sure to check out us on YouTube.com slash pick six. We'll be back on Sunday night for our recap show. If you check in the feed, there's a Thursday night football recap show as well. Tons of great content at all times here on the big six podcast. RJ, as always, buddy, it's a pleasure. Talk to you next week.
4: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.